What an amazing community. I tell you what, we boast about you guys all over the place. We so love you guys. You are pioneering something that is so significant, and we talk about you guys often. Just um, real quickly, could you just um, put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you? Wow. Thank you, Father. Wow. Thank you, Father. I believe that the Lord is just releasing upgrades right now. I feel like uh, where you may have been running on E10, He's upgrading your fuel to rocket fuel. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Lord. We just released that in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that there is a new fire that you're releasing in this place. In Jesus' name, mighty name. Lord, I thank you, Father, that Acts 1.8 says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, that we should receive power, and we will be witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the earth. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I believe that there is a tangible increase of the glory of God that you're going to begin to experience in your own lives and also corporately. You know, Azusa Street was known for the glory of God, that people were drawn from all around the world to be a part of what was happening there. In fact, the fire department was called three times because people could physically see that there was, it looked like there was flames on the top of the building. And within the building, there was actually a, a, a low-lying cloud that even kids, that they, they, would, they would tangibly try to grab it, and some would, would even try to like, put it into, into jars and different things like that. I believe that there's an, a greater manifestation of the glory of God that is being released. Lord, we thank you, Father. We need your glory. We need your presence in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you, Father, for upgrades, for upgrades, for upgrades in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I just want you to begin to pray over the person on your left and your right. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for upgrades grades for them in Jesus name Lord for new levels of freedom Lord I thank you father and I, I, I just want to say and I want to prophesy now that I feel like that there's been people that have had you've had dreams and you've had a high expectation for those dreams to come true and but because of uh, of time elapsing you've kind of allowed, allowed some of those dreams just to fall by the wayside but I Lord, believe that the Lord is just reigniting dreams that have have kind of been discarded dreams that have died dreams that have been discarded Lord in the name of Jesus I thank you father that this is a new season for dreaming Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly far greater than anything that you could ask or imagine I believe that your, your community obviously you are known for love and for family but you're going to be known for radical faith for radical faith, for people that just say, no, I'm going to take you at your word, and I'm going to begin to step into absolutely miraculous situations. I uh, thank you, Father, that there's going to be an outpouring in this region that no man could be able to take, could take credit for it, because it's going to be so tremendously divine in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I believe that there's a weighty glory of God that is going to begin to be released upon people, that you're, you're going to feel it when you, fall, when, when you fall asleep. There's going to be dreams that are going to be released all through the night, and you're going to have a sense of the presence of God when you wake up in the morning. Lord, I thank you, Father, for a lingering presence of God. And I just declare that it is not going to be business as usual. It's going to be business unusual, unusual business. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for unusual favor. Unusual favor. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Thank you, Father. I just see a picture of puzzle pieces just shifting into place. Things, are, things that you've been pondering are just going to begin to make sense. Thank you, Father, for the macro vision that you've re released in Jesus' name. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just where you're at, just like we did this afternoon. How many of you were here this afternoon or this morning afternoon? One of the things we've just been really enjoying doing is just hearing what God is, has been, what God is doing in the room, engaging as many people as we can just by sharing about two to five words where you are in your seat and uh, what you're sensing that the Holy Spirit is, um, is doing and saying. So why don't you just call out two to five words. What are you sensing in this atmosphere of His presence? Deeper love, yeah. Confirming, great. 
realignment. Yeah, amen. Amen. Lord, I thank you, Father, for realignment. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, come on. It's a time for growth and sunshine. That's awesome. So good. Another two to, two to five words. Thank you, Jesus. Stirring. Yeah, come on. Oil of joy and gladness. Yeah, yeah. Hope restored. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Just pray into those, those two ones. Just, just lift your hands to heaven. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the oil of joy and gladness and for hope restored. Some of you have been feeling tired. Some of you have been feeling weary. It's just like he's releasing that oil of joy and gladness right now. Just see that just flowing over you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your radiant bride. Your radiant bride. Wow. I just feel like some of you are just getting a it's like an overhaul. An overhaul, a makeover, a massage, whatever you like. It's just like, <laughs> you're just, just the sense of being new. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just drink deeply. Lord, we just thank you, Father, right now. <sighs> Press down, shaking together, running out all over. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. What else? <laughs> yeah, come on. Thank you, Jesus. He's pouring in. Yeah, come on. Expect the unexpected. Yeah, come on. Tide is turning. Wow. Yeah. And just as you said that, I, I saw the picture of, um, you know, Elijah, when he sends out his servant, sends him out seven times. And he's expecting a downpour. He has a word from the Lord. There's going to be a downpour, but he's in total drought. Not a single cloud in the sky. First time he sends him back out, there's nothing. Second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, seventh time. Just a, t just a cloud, no bigger than a man's hand. And to him, to Elijah, that he was so pressing in for the breakthrough that even though it looked totally insignificant, perhaps to the servant, it seems like the language that the servant uses is just is no bigger than a man's hand. It doesn't look like anything of significance. But Elijah says, that's it. The downpour is coming. How many of you are just sensing that cloud? Perhaps it's even bigger. It's even bigger than that man, that man hands hand. But I just thank you, Father. We just take that by faith in Jesus' mighty name. You know, Evan Roberts was praying for a move of God for many, many years in Wales. And he had one opportunity to be able to preach at a church to 17 people after the, the ministry was finished. And when he preached to them, he preached to them for two hours. And at the end of, this, at the end of it, they, the 17 people stood to their feet and they confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior that were supposed to be previously saved. 
To me, that doesn't sound like something I would necessarily even post on Facebook. But to him, he sent a message to the newspaper, and he says, the greatest move of God that has ever hit the planet has begun. Seventeen people, previously Christians, responding to Christ after two hours of, of the message. He was so convinced that God was about to move that that was his cloud no bigger than a man's hand. And if you know anything about the Welsh Revival, I think within a, a, just a few months, tens of thousands of people started to come into the kingdom. The sports arenas were empty and the churches were full. Some of the mules and the uh, things in the, in the town were, un, they, they, they were rendered useless because, the, because of the uh, coal miners that would be, would be swearing. And they would give directions by swearing. But then they wouldn't swear anymore so that they couldn't give directions. The police department didn't have any work, so they started forming singing groups. And they would sing from town to town. Come on, how many believe that that could happen right here in, in Darwin? Lord, we just thank you that you are moving in power in the mighty name of Jesus in this region in the top end. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I just want to show you, a, just um, I've had some uh, really exciting uh, testimonies. Just let me see here. Is this, uh, is that, is that um, functioning there? I just got some reports back from the team today that uh, um, they're seeing, we're seeing salvations almost on a daily basis. It's just been absolutely wild. And uh, there's a, a young African boy just this morning. I got a uh, report back from the team. That this young African boy just gave his, uh, gave his heart to the Lord. There was another rededication. And uh, it's just absolutely wonderful what the Lord was doing. I don't know if I showed this video here before, but there was, um, yeah, there he is. About a year and a bit ago, there was a lady that um, contacted me, contacted me on Facebook, and she had, um, she had a brain tumor, and 18 months before this video was uh, taken, they operated on her brain, and uh, when she came out, out of the operation, that uh, she, when she opened her eyes, she was um, completely blind. She was diagnosed with functional blindness. And so for 18 months, uh, she tried to live a new life, basically in complete and total darkness. And so she contacted me. She came into church. She had a, one of those, um, you know, the vision impaired sticks. Came and sat in the front. Uh, I came up to her. She, I, had, I had only spoken to her on the phone. She did, obviously didn't recognize me because she couldn't see. And she gave her heart to the Lord uh, that night. And at the end of this, she says, so can you pray for me for my functional blindness? I said, absolutely. And so we begin to pray, and I just asked her this question. I said, what would it be like if you were to open your eyes and see everything right now? She said, I, I, she starts to weep. She says, I, I've, I would give my whole body for that to be a reality. And, uh, and so after praying for, for uh, a period of time, I just asked her to open her eyes, and I got to say, I probably believe that it might have been a little bit like she was starting to see some shapes or whatever, but she opened her eyes, and she just starts sobbing uncontrollably, and she's pointing to the stage. She says, I can see the drum kit. I can see that. I can see this guy's shirt. I can see this. I can see that. Within 30 seconds, the Lord had just opened her eyes. And we quickly grabbed a, a camera, and this was uh, about 30 seconds after. Is there some sound there? Yeah.
Actually, I could give you the, the slide after that. Come on, isn't that beautiful what the Lord's, Lord did there? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you know what's amazing is that three months later, we actually got her doctor's report, and it says that uh, Mrs. Mrs. Vickers um, was diagnosed with functional blindness, and she didn't improve at all. But after a recent vis church visit in the past, she has regained full fun visual function again. <laughs> So the doctors are actually testifying. Do you know what's amazing about this? Did you know that healing blindness was a messianic, is a messianic miracle? If you look in the Old Testament, you won't see a single instance of a blind person being healed. You will see the dead being raised. You'll see different things like that. But Isaiah talks about the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to open the eyes of the blind. So remember when Jesus, when, when the Pharisees are really struggling over the fact that that young man that was born blind was healed? They ask him, they ask his parents, and you can ask him, he's of age, and, and there's this discussion. And he says, don't you know from the beginning of time that nobody has opened the eyes of the blind? Isn't that crazy? That under this dispensation, that that was a messianic miracle, but then John 14, Jesus says, these things and greater shall you do. My wife got to pray for a guy in the bus stop once who had, uh, he, w he was completely blinded one of his eyes. He got into a car accident and glass um, penetrated his eye and uh, his eye was completely white. And as they prayed, the whiteness disappeared and he got 20-20 vision right in front of them. Come on, we serve a miracle working God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, I just really want to encourage you as well. Uh, tomorrow we are going to be meeting at the shops as well at 10 a.m. This is probably one of the most uh, exciting, exciting parts of the trip. Probably, and I would really encourage... How many are going to come join us? I really believe this is going to be significant... We're seeing the Lord just do so many amazing, amazing things uh, out there on the streets, and um, this is going to be absolutely wonderful. Now, today I also talked about multiple harvesters, and I've got to say, if there's, if there's one thing that I could really deposit in your community, this is something I'm so, so excited about. Uh, we have launched it twice with our community. We're also launching it in Bendigo. And uh, I created this uh, curriculum with a bunch of other guys and guys that were been coaching us from overseas. It's a 12... It's a 13-week um, commitment, totally free of charge. We're releasing all of the documentation and everything like that. And uh, we will actually personally train you over Zoom to be a part of that. But we've seen phenomenal things in the harvest. And we believe that the Lord has called us to see no place left throughout Australia. Amen. So we can let you know and these are some of the things that, uh, that we're going to be going through um, as well. Now, I want you just to open your Bibles to John chapter 15. Thank you, Jesus. Actually, before we go to John chapter 15, let's just go to John chapter... Go to John chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 7. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old commandment you have heard from the very beginning. This is the old com commandment, to love one another. is the same message that you've heard before. Yet it is new. Jesus lived the truth of the commandment, and you are also living it. For darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to change my... 
And then if we just look up, uh, if we just look up in verse 5, it says, But ever, whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him, and by this we know that we are in him. He who says that he abides in him also ought himself walk just as he walked. I believe that there's something so significant around love being perfected. I love what you guys are doing within your community. I can sense I can sense the love. In fact, in uh, John chapter 13, it says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. There is a supernatural love that the Lord is releasing in our midst that will provoke the world to want to know him. Just on Sunday, I baptized a guy named Bryce, and he's never been, he doesn't, he, he walked into church, he's never, you know, he doesn't know any of our songs, he's never opened a Bible before, but he came into our midst, and the one thing that really stood out to him, is he says, man, you guys love so well. How many would like love to be perfected within you? Let's go to 1 John chapter, th 1 John, uh, chapter 3 and verse 4. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins neither has seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil. The devil has sinned from the beginning. For this is the purpose of the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil." Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he's been born of God. That's a pretty challenging passage right there. Now, I know that you guys have been immersed with the, righteous, the righteousness doctrine, and, and uh, I, th I think it's uh, just, how many have read um, uh, Mark Greenwood's book, uh, Wake to Righteousness? I think this is so incredibly powerful because Jesus wasn't sim didn't simply come to cover sin, but Jesus Christ was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. What were the works of the devil? The devil was sinning from the beginning. So Jesus Christ actually appeared to destroy the works of the devil. Not only to cover our sin, but we all know that, that we were, he appeared to deal with the problem of sin. He didn't simply die for us, but he died as us. But this is amazing because it says, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Whoever abides in him does not sin. So what is sin? <laughs> Great. Anything from lying to murder? Anything that is within... Anything that is outside of the law, the law of liberty. How many know that, that there's ceremonial laws that have stopped at the cross? But the moral laws or the, or the law of love, according to James, or the royal law has continued. So anything outside of lawlessness, sorry, anything outside of fulfilling the law. What, how did we know that we fulfilled the law? What's that? Christ fulfilled it on our, on our behalf, right? Matthew, Jesus says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. The law and the prophets hang on these two things. In Romans chapter 13, Paul says, he who loves has fulfilled the law. So therefore, sin is anything that is outside of the law of love. Or who was it? I think it was, maybe it was Brian Simmons, one of the guys who says that, that God's, God's judgment is actually directed in anything that is in opposition to love. So this is a big deal. 
In terms of love being perfected, how do we enter into that place? And this is, this is not the, the crux of my message, but I believe that, that we, as we are going deeper into this place of love being perfected, there is such a tremendous freedom and liberty. Obviously, knowing who we are, identity is an absolutely key thing. But operating in a place of love where love is overflowing, he who abides in him cannot sin. How does that work? Let's just read 1 John chapter 2, verse 5 again. So whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says that he abides in him ought to himself walk as he walked. Are you seeing that there's a connection between abiding in Christ and love being perfected? Can you see that connection there? Whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says that he abides in him ought to walk just as he walked. How do we know that we've come to the place where love has been perfected? We walk as he walked. We abide, we bear fruit, according to John chapter 15, right? All right, let's, just, let's go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Who's he praying for? Who's he praying for? Let me read it again. They've got it. I do not pray for these alone. Who's he praying for there? Disciples. But for all those who will believe in me through their word. Who's he praying for? Us. How many would like to hear a prayer that the Son of God is praying on your behalf to the Father? We have it recorded right here. That they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me and the glory which you've given me I've given them, that they may be one in us. They may be one just as we are one, I in them, you in me, that they may be perfect in one, that the world would know that you have sent me and that you have loved them as you have loved me. That is one of the most astounding passages of Scripture that I read. That our unity in our community should mirror the Trinity. What's that? Bumper sticker. <laughs> our unity in our community should mirror the Trinity. That's how we're called to love one another. But not only to love one another, but to be one with Him. Jesus didn't simply die to, to get rid of the penalty of sin, but He died so that we would have oneness with Him, that we were crucified with Him, that we were buried with Him, and we were raised to life with Him. Did you know, how many know the scripture that says, I will not give my glory to another? You are not another. You're not another. Come on. Because Jesus says, the glory that you have given me, Father, I have given to them. Is that extraordinary what? That we actually get to share in the very glory that the Father has given to the Son, He has given to us. The immeasurable freedom that we get to experience in this place of union and oneness, that, that we would be one just as the Father is one with the Son. This is extraordinary to me because when you think about it, do you realize, this, at the end of it, it says, I thank you, Father, that you have loved them as you have loved me, which means if you could just picture for a moment what would it look like for the Father to look at the Son? What, how does his, what, 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 what kind of eyes does he have for his Son that has been in perf perfect unity from the beginning of time? They've never had a bad day. They've never had to have time out. Perfect unity in the uncreated God 
The eyes that the father have for his son, what does that look like? Can any of you just begin to picture that? I want you to think about perhaps a couple or a parent that is just absolutely in love with their children or their, their spouse. Can you think of, just wave at me if you've got that picture in your head. The gooey eyes. Now, if you could just multiply that by 100 billion. <laughs> That's the eyes of the love that the father has for his son. 100 billion is not even close. Now, if you were to picture yourself in that moment where you see the communion between the father and the son, the way that the father looks at the son, To see those same eyes looking at you in the same way that he looks at his son Jesus. Man, that would change everything. The same eyes that the father has for his son are the eyes that he has for you. I'm going to try this side. The same eyes that the Father has for the Son, He has for you. I believe that we are called to live in a place of unlimited capacity. I've got an iPhone right now and I'm praying that it's not going to die on me because it's got limited capacity. Just keep that in mind and we'll go back to John chapter 15. The first part, the first part I'm the true vine, the Father is a vine dresser. If you abide in Him, you will produce good fruit. All fruitfulness flows from Intimacy. Verse 5, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. How many believe that scripture? Sometimes I don't think that we even realize these, these promises that we have in the Word of God. That's actually, no, do you, what does that mean? What does that mean in practical terms? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. How many would like to have 100% of your prayers answered every time? Do you think that, is, is that what it means? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now, I don't believe that it, what it means in terms of, you know, I, I really want a Ferrari, so I'm going to go and seek the Lord and boom, I get a Ferrari. Then Maybe. Bill Johnson says, you know, the verse that says, when you pray, whatever you ask, it shall be done for you. Whatever you desire when you pray. It's not about... I want this thing, and so I'm going to go and pray, and then it happens. It's about when we pray, we're actually synchronized with his heart, and our desires become, his desires become our desires. We become one with his heart, and therefore, we're actually saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're manifesting the kingdom everywhere we go. By this, my Father is glorified that you might bear much, good, much fruit so that you will be my disciples. As the Father have loved, has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Oh, my goodness. These things I have spoken to you that your joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. There's a, that word that was coming through, the fullness of joy. Did you know that that's, that's part of, that's part of what is, is meant to be the Christian experience. Jesus saying, I'm saying all of these things that your joy might be full. 
Have you ever seen somebody that's full of joy that looks incredibly somber? Somebody with a, a real good poker face. To full of, no, yeah. Full of joy, mate. Come on, what does it look like to be full of joy? <laughs> Bill Johnson says, I, I, I believe that there's more and more that are people that are going to start to come into the kingdom because they see the joy that we carry. And it's not just happiness. There's a difference between happiness and joy because happiness is conditional. You get the new iPhone. You might be happy for a couple days, but then... But joy is unconditional. What happens when things are, are crashing around you and it looks like in the natural that everything is there to steal your happiness, but you have joy, unspeakable and full of glory, peace that passes all knowledge and understanding. This is my commandment. So he says, you will abide in my love if you keep my commandments. This is my commandment, that you will love one another as I have loved you. So remember, in John chapter 17, Jesus is saying, in the same way that the Father has loved me, I have, they, sorry, in the same way that the Father has loved me, that you have loved them. In John chapter 15, he says, in the same way that the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Jesus is the visible representation of an invisible God. God is love. Love is not an adjective to describe God. It is the noun because it is who he is. He is the personification of love. And Jesus made manifest flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. The personification of love. Man, I tell you what, when you begin to read through this lens, I got to, had to reread all of the, 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 red, the text in red through that concept that Jesus actually said, in the same way that I see the Father loving me, I have loved you. But he doesn't stop there. <laughs> he says, in the same way that I have loved you, love one another. So the eyes that the Father has for His Son is the eyes that He has for you. But this is the crazy part, is the eyes that we are meant to have for one another are the eyes that the Father has for His Son. The measure... Oh, come on. I don't know if you're getting this. The measure... The measure of the love that the Father has for the Son is the measure that He has for you, but He has also called us to live in that place that we would love one another in the same way that He has loved us, which is the same way that He has loved His Son. So that the way that we look at one another, the unity that we share in community should be the same measure. Man, how does that even begin to be possible? You see, if you try to do it in your own strength, you have limited capacity. But I want to tell you, I believe that when love is perfected, we're actually connected to the source 24-7. Oh, come on. Thank you, Jesus. It's not working too well. That's okay. We are called to love one another with the very same love. Is that amazing or what? Thanks. That's awesome. So how many know that Jesus says if we, if we abide in him, that if we obey him, that we will abide in him? What was his command? What was his command? Love one another. Have you ever tried to simply, in, just to simply obey that command? Have you ever tried? Okay, I'm, I'm going to really, really try to love Gus now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, 
I'm only I'm only on 30 <laughs> percent. I'm only on 30 percent capacity, and I'm gonna try to love him with the infinite love that the Father loves me. Have you ever kind of you know felt like you know I I'm kind of done with people, hanging out with people. You know, it's just like you're like a tooth. You know, the toothpaste kind of comes to the end of the roll, and you're trying to squeeze out whatever else was like. I know I'm called to love you, but I'm not getting anything out. <laughs> Is that, that was just me, maybe. See, we're meant to love as he loved, but that is absolutely impossible in our own capacity. That's the fruit. See, when we abide in, in the vine, we will produce good fruit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. Brian Simmons says, if you compare that list of, of, list of, uh, of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians and you compare it to 1 Corinthians 13, you will find that the fruit of the Spirit is simply attributes, facets of love. <laughs> so when you abide in love, you produce good fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, which is attributes and facets of love. It's pretty simple, right? When you abide in the vine, you will produce good fruit. But if you don't abide in the vine, you will not produce good fruit. So you first have to start in the vine first. I believe that this is the place that I have, uh, it's shifted a little bit, but this is a period of charging. This is, this is the place that I have used to be walking out in my Christian walk, and I'm starting to learn a new way that I believe that is even better. There would be a period of time where I would be spending time, and I would be connected to the source. You know, you get your iPhones, and you plug them in at night, and then you go hard during the day, but you hope that you don't use too much, and if you're tethering to too many things, then your, your thing's going to go down. I was, on the sta- I was on the stage, and I had my hotspot on, and I'm like, I know I'm running out of, I'm running out of capacity here, so I've got to turn everything else off. So you got a period of charging when you're abiding in Him. How many have lived life like this? You, it's like, man, I'm feeling really dry, and I'm abiding in Him. But then, but you can't camp there because there's got to be a period of working where we're actually loving one another. In order to abide in Him, not only do we have to remain in His love, we actually have to be obeying His commands, and that His commands is to love one another. Are you with me? So a period of working, a period of charging and a period of working. But I believe where the Lord is calling us to is this place of love being perfected is not so much of a rhythm of charging and a rhythm of working, but it is being connected into the source 24-7, where love would be overflowing within us constantly. Let me just say, if I, can I, can I, uh, can I grab you two, two guys? Yeah. So let's just say, we'll say, um, which one's, the, which one's going to be the father? All right, you're going to, the beard? <laughs> He'll be the father. This is, this is the, the place that I've found the most breakthrough. There could be times where I'm like, I'm called to love. It could be an evangelism. It could be loving people. But if I try, if I'm trying to, to be connected to, to I'm going to run out of steam. And there's going to be a period of time I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go back to the Father. Pour in and pour out. Have you ever been in a period of time where it's like you're, you're, you're like, you're kind of burnt, you kind of go from this, this place, you've been, you've been pouring out so much, now you just burn out. I can't be with people. I need to go and be with the Lord. There's been times where I start to get comfortable in this season. It's like, Lord, I just love being with you. I don't want to be with people anymore. <laughs> this is fun. I'm relaxed now. This is great. But then there's times where I'm in this place and then the Lord begins to ignite my heart because I'm actually called to love one another in the same way that he's loved me. So I begin to step out but then I let go of, the, of his hand 
and I try to do it. My, I'm getting excited, so I'm going back to here. And I'm going, I'm going to love you, man. And then my capacity is beginning to be limited. And then I hit a place of burnout again. Thank you. <laughs> but this is the place I believe that we are called to work. <laughs> that, was, that was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah thanks. <laughs> this is the place I believe that we're called. That not only we're connected to the source, we're abiding in love because we cannot produce good fruit. We cannot abide in Him unless we first abide in His love. But we cannot continue to abide in love unless we're pouring out. Because Jesus says, abide in love, you will obey my commandments. And my commandments to love one another as I have loved you. He's loving in me and through me. And in that place is the only place that it's supernaturally possible to be able to love with the love of the Father. Because it's not my capacity. It's in a place of becoming a conduit of His love. Thank you. Amen. I believe that there's three major, three major things that we're, we focus on in our community. And that is, first, you can say up, up, in, and out. You can say it with me. Up, in, and out. If you look at John chapter 17, Jesus is praying first for what? I pray that they would be one. He's praying for com community. He's talking about in, that they would be one just as we are one. The depth of community that the Lord is calling us to, but also the union that we would be one in Him. I remember reading that passage over and over for like two weeks. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. The oneness that we get to experience is phenomenal. But love being perfected cannot be either this or that. It has to be both. And ultimately, that our community, when it says, I thank you, Father, that, that, they, that the world would, watch this, that the world would know that you love them as you have loved me. I don't know if you caught that. Think about this. He's praying. Says the disciples, the way that they, the, the way that they've loved each other, and the one, the, the way that they're one with each other and one with me, that the world would actually know, that the world would be able to say, "The Father loves you in the same way that He loves His Son." The world would say that. Not just that we would have the revelation, but the world would know. Do we need to read it again, just in case you, you, in case you don't believe me? Man, this is wild. Verse 20, John 17, verse 22. And the glory that you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I and them, you and me, that the, they may be perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Who's going to know? What? He's not just saying that we would know. I mean, that's amazing enough that we would know, but the world would actually be, be able to say, oh my goodness, the way that you do love and community, the way that you're one with the Father and one with one another, I can tell that the Father loves you in the same way that he loves his Son. That the world would know that we are his disciples by our love for one another. That ultimately, I believe that there's three major areas. That we would love the Lord God with all, all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. That we would, our community would mirror the unity that we have in the Trinity. But ultimately, that is for something, for the expansion of his kingdom family on earth. That the world would know.
I actually believe that there's those three areas that we focus on. Lord, I want to fall more deeply in love with Jesus, with my family, and that it is the expression is seen in more people coming into the kingdom of God because the kingdom family, it needs to be established on the earth. That love would be perfected in us. Sin is lawlessness, and he who sins commits lawlessness. He who abides in him cannot sin. Love that is perfected is connecting with abiding because I believe that when you're connected to the source and the Father is flowing in you and through you and you begin to flow out, it's not only an inflow, it's not just an outflow, but it's an inflow and an outflow. When 100% of the Father is loving in you and through you, there is no place for sin because sin is lawlessness, which is anything that is outside of love. That was a really good point. <laughs> Are you following me? If, 100%, if God is love and you're connected in the source, you, he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. When you're connected in the source, you're holding the, the, the hand of the Father. But not only, it's, it's not just insular, it's got to begin to spill out. Because love is not perfected, you cannot continue to abide in that place. This is a jump start, but when we begin to connect with one another, the love of the Father begins to flow through us. God is love. Love begins to flow through us. We abide in Him. Love is perfected. And in the place where love is perfected, nothing but love is flowing through us. Therefore, there's no place for sin. It's all about love. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Will you stand with me? No greater love has a man than this, than a man who loves, he lays his life down for his friends. I really felt, felt like that the Lord was commissioning this community to a deeper level of sacrificial love, not only for one another, but for the lost, for the sake of the world, that the world would know, that the world would know. I just saw the Lord just commissioning radical missionaries for Darwin and beyond. What incredible sacrificial love. One of the stories that absolutely wrecks me and rocks me is the story of the Moravians. The Moravians who started a 99-year, I think it was a 100-year prayer meeting. 24 couples covenanted together to pray around the clock. And the Lord had ignited and sent a missions movement that sparked many of the modern mission movements that we see today. And one of the stories of the Moravian missionaries is there was two young men that were praying for an island of slaves, of about 2,000 or 3,000 slaves that were owned by an atheist slave owner. And he wouldn't allow any missionaries to go there. But they continued to burn for that area. And they said, Lord, would you send us there? And the, and the only way that they found out that they could get there is by selling themselves into slavery. They sold themselves into slavery, and the slave owner wouldn't even pay their fare to get there. So they used the money that they got from selling themselves into slavery to purchase a one-way ticket to this island. And the family members are standing on the shore and they're weeping and they're crying because they know that they, this is not just a one-year, four-year, seven-year, 14-year, this is life. These guys are devoting themselves, laying their lives down for the 3,000 on the island that would never hear the gospel otherwise. And these two young Moravians on the side of the boat, they yell out as the ship pulls away from the dock, and they yell out, let the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. Let the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. The Word of God says that Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. 
the joy that was set before Jesus. Do you know what an honor and a privilege that we have? To be able to, to experience that union and oneness with him. To be able to love one another in the same way that he has loved us. But to manifest him as ambassadors for Christ, as witnesses, as saints and harvesters. To be able to co-labor with him. To see Jesus receive his full reward. The reward of his suffering. I just believe that there is a, a, there's a commission. The Lord is com commissioning people to, to, to say, I'm, I'm laying my life down for your cause, for your glory. I feel like that there's a Heidi Baker type anointing that is being released to this community. She's probably not one of the most articulate speakers that I've heard, but I want to tell you that her life is like a fragrance because there's a fragrance of surrender and worship and radical love that she walks in that draws the multitude and it is impacting the nations. I believe that there is a fragrance like that that is being released in this place, a fragrance of radical surrender, holding nothing back, holding nothing back. To be able to step into the, that place in radical love where in the same way that Jesus says, I would be willing to give my life for you, that we could say that for one another. We could say that for the one that we're witnessing to on the street. I would gladly give my life for you. Radical, radical, radical love. Radical surrender. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you are commissioning missionaries. You don't have to go to a third world country to live as a missionary. I believe that there has been, and it's probably not as prevalent here in Darwin, but I, I know even where, I'm, where I, I live, I, we've moved into Goodna, into one of, the, one of the most sort of hard areas, and people are like, well, why would you do that? They could understand that I would move to Mozambique, but they can't understand why I would, war, I would, I would go to a low socioeconomic area in, in Brisbane. Come on, man. I want to live for the sake of the gospel. I don't just need a big, a, a big nice, you know, place in the burbs and Gold Coast or whatever. But what does it look like to live a laid down life? Let love be perfected in us. Why don't you just lift your hands to the heaven and just pray this with me. Father, I thank you for your amazing love. I thank you that you love me with the very same love that, lo that, that you love your son Jesus. Let love be perfected in me that the world would know that you love me as you love your son Jesus. <laughs> I thank you that as I abide in you, I abide in love, and I love in the same way that you love me, that I am a conduit of your love. <laughs> oh, just take a deep breath right now. Thank you, Father, that you are saturating, <laughs> saturating saturating, saturating. Lord, I thank you, Father, for radical, sacrificial love that would provoke the world to say, I want to know your Jesus. I can see that the Father, how the Father loves you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to give you an opportunity. I feel like the, those that would say, I would live my life for the sake of the gospel as a missionary, whether it be here in Darwin, whether it be somewhere else in Australia, whether it be overseas, live my life laid down. Would you come to the front? Don't come to the front unless you're absolutely sure.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands to heaven. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you're commissioning radical missionaries. I believe that the Lord is redefining the term of missionaries, homegrown missionaries. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. If I could have just somebody to come and stand behind. In Jesus' name.